she's provocative, enlightening. It's time for Cassie Talks, the podcast on WJZDRadioDetroit.com. Hello, how's everybody doing today? Today, um, I'd like to say thank you for joining us. And today I have Dr. Alan Wilder. Hey, Dr. Wilder, how are you today? Oh, I'm fine. How about yourself? I am doing great. Okay, Dr. Wilder, please tell me all about you. You're Dr. Alan Wilder. I know that you are a minister, but expand on more about you. Well, my um, besides being a minister, my background is also in, uh, in psychology and counseling. I work for a mental health agency as a forensic uh, counselor. Wow. Case manager. Okay. Okay, Dr. Wilder, um, I'm doing a relationship series. And basically, I think that mental health really fits in with relationships. So um, I'm not just talking about intimate relationships. I'm talking about relationships overall, like um, self, family, and friends, and how we interact with ourselves, which may show how we interact with friends, how we were raised, being in our families. So today my focus is, excuse me, is mental health. So let's get started. And we're going to start off with myths. Is the first myth I would like to talk about is, is mental health uncommon? No, uh, it's actually is is very common. Uh, Statistics show that probably one out of six people develop a mental illness in their lifetimes. And that's approximately probably about 14, 15% of the population. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about depression. How common is depression? Uh, Depression is actually one of the most common mental illnesses. Wow. Really? Okay. Can you break down the different types of depression? Yeah. Like, um, um, what is it? Um, like is um, um, bipolar. Bipolar. Um, bipolar has um, depressing components. Basically, a person goes through a manic or happy episodes, and then they go. They can go into have a bout of serious depression. They can last. Uh, it can last weeks at a time, months mm-hmm. at a time, and then they sometimes they come out of it automatically. Okay. Many times it requires treatment, therapy, medication. Okay. All right. So now I got to talk to you another myth. Are panic attacks fatal? Uh, Panic attacks can be fatal because um, it's like a a panic attack is is an intense period of of fear or feelings that a person may have um, developing over a short period of time. And during that time, they may develop um rapid heartbeat um a high blood pressure blood pressure may go up um chest pains hyperventilate um and then they have constant just a constant fear that just it may develop over time where panic attacks may turn into what we call an anxiety disorder when it becomes mm-hmm. over time mm-hmm. and anxiety is usually fear characterized by by behavioral disturbances. It can be caused by stress, 
from work, school, past relationships, financial concerns, uh, just just life stressors, you mm. can develop anxiety. Oh, wow. But there is a difference between actually a panic attack and anxiety. Wow. Okay, so I have another myth. All right. Having a mental condition is a sign of weakness. No, it's very common, just like any other weakness, uh, you know, a physical disability, like diabetes or high blood pressure. Mm. So, so you're saying like, if I go to the doctor because I have high blood pressure and they say, okay, we're going to give you medication for it to treat it. And then I go home and say, okay, I have high blood pressure. I'm going to cut out my salt. I'm going to exercise more and take my medication. So this is something that people can do as far as when they say, okay, so you're um, suffering from depression. Mm -hmm. This is treated the exact same way. It doesn't show that you're weak. This is just something that you, that you you're, you have signs of depression. And can you give me some signs of depression? Uh, feelings of worthlessness. Uh, a lot of times you don't, uh, lack of sleep. Uh, you become withdrawn. You lose interest in things that you normally used to like to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, Sometimes you even have suicidal thoughts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Suffering from depression. Yes. Okay, so suffering just from depression, suicidal thoughts. So if I was bipolar, mm-hmm. would that increase? Well, um, depression... Now, when you you can have a diagnosis of just major depression, but depression is can also be part of bipolar. What bipolar means is that you have highs where they where where you're usually manic and happy, and then you have de- depressive lows. So depression, but some people would just have a diagnosis of major depression where they're just uh, depressed all the time. Okay, could this be something that someone could have? Could this develop in your? Uh, older life or could this be something that you have as a child and just never diagnosed or Um, um, depression is like so weird to me like but at any point in time can anybody become depressed but it's at different levels I mean it's at different levels but you have um, children that are depressed mm -hmm. and there's actually an increase in childhood and teenage suicide right now because of depression depressive symptoms showing up uh, at a, a much earlier age so it doesn't have anything to do with uh, the year 2020 and COVID? No. There's an increase in depression and anxiety, different types of mental illness because of COVID. It's because we're locked in the house all the time. We can't socialize as, as much. But these things happen anyway, whether we were in the pandemic or not. So socialization is important. Yes, it is. For more people. Yes. Okay, I got a question. This is just out the blue. I read somewhere that a person should be touched or hugged at least 30 times a day. Is that just out the blue or just should a person just, it doesn't matter how many times, but a person should be touched? Um, I've I read something like that as well, too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I believe physical touch is very important for, for uh, humans, for us to thrive. And if you're looking at love languages... Some people's love language need more touch. Yeah. And, and if you talk about the five love languages, which is something totally different 
yeah. than what we're talking physical about today. Physical touch is one of the five languages. Isn't that something? Okay, so physical touch is one of the five love languages, but it's very important because we all need it, but some people need it more. That's correct. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, this is the biggest myth, okay? But black community love therapists and taking medication for mental illness. Now you're saying what <laughs> the black community love they love therapists or going to therapy. Oh no, black, black. <laughs> and they they love they 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 mental illness is no big thing. Go to therapy. You gotta do it and take your medication. That's the black community. Black <laughs> community historically, we we don't believe in mental illness. <laughs> A lot of times we say uh, you just need to pray to God, go to church, <laughs> and uh, everything's going to be all right. But that's not necessarily true, being that I'm a, a minister as well as a uh, a, a psychologist <laughs> and a mental health professional. That's not necessarily true. <laughs> but that is, for whatever reason, historically, we just don't uh, in, embrace mental illness. We always attribute it to something why. else. Oh, because isn't it Scott Chaplin? I don't know if you remember this, uh, but he had no, 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 no. What happened with him was syphilis, and it got to his brain. Uh-huh. That's Scott Chaplin. Okay, okay. So I'm getting all that mixed up, but okay. I don't understand why we feel that way because we all need someone to talk to at some point in time. Um, yes, we do. And you know, because it's many times I just would like to talk to somebody, and there's no one there because. I mean, even the um, insurance, health insurance, don't really want to pay for mental illness. People that suffer from mental illness, it's really hard. It's a lot of things you have to go through just to get all the stuff covered. Like if I want to go to a therapist and I already been, the therapist already said, yeah, you, you're bipolar or whatever, you're suffering from depression. I shouldn't have to go jump through hoops to an insurance company to get all my visits covered. No, but um, nowadays, more insurance companies are covering mental illness. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. But not necessarily on the level of physical illness, but uh, they are covering it more and more. Okay. How how important is medication for um, once you've been diagnosed with mental, some type of mental condition? Well, medication, it really depends on the severity of the condition. Mm-hmm. And medication is still a choice between the uh, psychiatrist and, and the patient. Uh, okay. People don't have to take medication if they don't. They don't want to, just like they don't have to take their high blood pressure pills if they don't. Um, Everybody does not necessarily need medication. Mm-hmm. There are different types of medication for different types of illnesses, mental illnesses. But uh, sometimes certain things can be just resolved through uh, counseling, therapy, mm-hmm. uh, group sessions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. teaching just- coping skills, relaxation techniques. Some 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 things can be worked out without medication. And having a family that backs you. If some if you go to a family member and say, "Hey, I've been diagnosed with um, um, a bipolar," and if my family just 
say, oh, no wonder that's why she's crazy, you know, and don't bet, you know, not there to support you because it's already a hard thing to accept. And family, like, okay, yeah, you know what? Maybe we should take her to church and get her baptized and merge her in water. Maybe that should or, help her a lot. Exercise. <laughs> Yeah. Call the priest in and you know, let tie her to the bed, and maybe we could get it, the demon out like they do in the yeah. omen. Yeah, sprinkle with some holy but you, water. Yeah, but you really <laughs> need support when yeah. you're going through all these different things. Yeah, one of the keys uh, to um, once you are been have been diagnosed is having a supportive system, whether mm -hmm. it's your your family, friends. Uh, support system is 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 just very important. We're mm -hmm. dealing with issues like that. Okay, so now we're going to move on and talk, um, get into the family part. Okay. Okay. Are some conditions inherited? Yes, they are. Wow. So I heard that autism is something that's inherited. Um, I'm not quite sure, but that's dealing in working in the center-based program. I heard that autism was um, inherited. Can you, do you have any idea, can you name something off the top of your head that could be inherited? Um, well, a lot of mental illnesses are schizophrenia, schizoaffective Ooh. disorder Ooh. is inherited. Alcoholism is, is inherited. Wow. Really? Yes. And alcoholism. Wow. And many of my clients, uh, there is usually, I'd say at least 50%, there's a family history of mental illness in their family. Just like a lot of families have a history of uh, high blood pressure in their family or diabetes, the same or goes. Or stroke, like my father. Yeah, the same goes for mental illness. Well, is there, are there, is it tons of different types of mental illnesses? Uh, there are, um, I wouldn't say tons, but there are a lot of different diagnoses. Okay. Probably more than we could talk about today, but probably some of the most common that people know about are like schizophrenia, mm. uh, schizoaffective disorder, bipolar, major depression, mm. um, um, generalized anxiety, panic attacks, and PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. Wow. Okay. Now, let's get into relationships, okay? Having a mental condition, illness, condition, or disorder. Okay, that's another thing. Is it a difference between disorder or condition? About the same. They're the same? Okay. Okay. Can you please give name me three um, ways mental illness can affect an intimate relationship? Well, Three ways mental illness can affect a relationship is that number one, um, the person that uh, has the illness, there's sometimes there's shame, there's guilt, there's re resentment, and having a mental illness is is really hard enough. But the stigma associated with mental health conditions can add an extra layer of stress for both partners in a relationship. Hmm. And the person with the mental illness. Uh, if they seek help, uh, their partner is very important that their partner is involved in that treatment, mm -hmm. become educated about it too, and and try not to be so confused and frustrated so they can work together. 
Mm-hmm. Now, in some cases, a person with depression or anxiety may find it difficult to follow through mm-hmm. with household uh, tasks, have limited emotional availability, mm-hmm. struggle to maintain employment, and lack of desire to socialize, which would add more stressors on a relationship. Mm. Wow. Okay. So I worked as a center base. I used to work for a center base program. And I have seen so, and the center based program is where kids go <clears throat> as their last resort, where they can get more help, where we, we pull in different behavior um, uh, plans and nurses and um, outside doctors and psychologists and psychiatrists. There's someone always on the premises that, you know, that is dealing with a behavior. It's the last step, you know, before we send them off to some other place or a house or a hospital. And I seen like a, so many divorces and mostly men are divorcing their wives. Do you have any idea why that happens or? Um, what happens a lot of times is that whenever that you have a disabled child or adult, um, there's a lot of attention that goes into uh, that particular person with the disability. So mm-hmm. then, then they tend to ignore and neglect their partner. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And they're just not available, uh, um, kind of on an intimate level, because they're spending so much time with the person that's disabled or has the illness. <laughs> so that means that you mean a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. You are the biggest baby. <laughs> okay, what is the percentage of people with mental illness? About 14, 15% of the population. Like I said before, beginning about one out of every five to six people uh, have mental illness. Wow. Okay. So like my ex-husband, he abused his body with drugs. I mean, for the longest, a very long time, most of his life. Later on, they found out that he suffered from depression. At what, because they didn't see it when he was younger or it was there and he never knew what he was suffering and dealing with. He was probably um, self-medicating with alcohol and drugs then. Yes, and he just never knew. But he didn't never, he was always a football player, always healthy, always thought about health. Right. But he probably was suffering and thinking it, but it just got to him at one point. Right. And it just weighed on him where he couldn't control it anymore. Right. And because he used to control it with football, playing football yeah. and exercising. And then and those are all exercise activities. Um, hobbies are all good coping skills mm. and coping mechanisms to deal with when you have mental illness. Oh, wow. And helps re- just relieve stress for the average person anyway, too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But then it just, you know, and it, just, it did mess up our relationship. Mm-hmm. It really destroyed our relationship. Okay. Why? Okay. Me as being a mom, having two daughters, mm-hmm. which are doing very well. I have a wonderful son-in-law, everything. And maybe later on, I may find out that I have a problem. Give me. Okay. So I go to the therapist. I come to you or a therapist. How, what is the best treatment 
for mental illness other than love and understanding medication and like you just said is it okay so let's put it in order love understanding medication coping skills is it anything else you can add to that list um just having a very strong support system you know that's there with you mm-hmm. along the way and tries to understand you know what you're going through mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. And going to church. Church. I feel uh, at myself that church never helps. (laughs) What? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I think that uh, in reality, though, church helps. I I think that in conjunction uh, with therapy, medication, counseling, learning coping skills, I think that the spiritual component is, is very important as well. Okay. So sometimes when you, you thinking like this woman, you can't understand this male or this female, they just absolutely like, dang, what's wrong with them? Sometimes it might be that you can say to them, Hey, why don't you go into a therapist? Cause there might be some issues and that's why we don't understand them. Well, we'll see what happens a lot of times uh, when you suggest that somebody does that, they take offense to it because you're saying that they're crazy. And, and see, that's the negative stigma behind uh, being mental ill. If being mentally ill, nobody wants to just feel like they're crazy. Mm-hmm. But really, there's nothing wrong with with feeling certain kind of ways sometimes, and just not feeling right all the time. But yeah. but uh, a lot of, there's just especially in the black community, there's a stigma behind mental illness, and nobody just wants to be labeled crazy. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes like. Um... After a breakup, a serious breakup, I think that's why people should be by themselves mm-hmm. because you go through some ups and downs, especially if you were going to get married and somebody didn't marry you. <laughs> you go through, you just lay in your bed like, oh, what's wrong with me? <laughs> and those snotting eyes watering, your eyes red, and then you can't come out your room. And sometimes people don't even know what you're going through because but couldn't that be a short stint of depression well yeah everyone at goes through some type of mental illness it may not be a necessarily long-term condition but 50 percent of 50 percent of people will probably experience short-term effect of some type of uh mental illness anyway usually anxiety panic and depression something like that or if there's ever any trauma in your life mm-hmm. such as uh a relationship can be traumatic. Uh, being robbed can be oh, yeah. traumatic. Carjacks oh, um, can be yeah. sexual uh, molestation can oh, be traumatic. Uh, being in war mm. on the street or seeing violence in mm. your in your life, all of those things uh, cause a person to develop PTSD. Wow! You wow. know, from the trauma, and that's why wow. it's post-traumatic stress syndrome. Wow. That's interesting. So, but also we have to learn as people that everybody is not for everybody. Yeah, that's for sure. And that you're not, everybody, you're not going to have a relationship, a good relationship with everyone that you come in contact with. So don't let it bring you down and depress you. Yeah, but that's hard. Okay, I got a question that maybe you may not know. Okay. But being a man, Mm -hmm. being a man of God, Mm -hmm. hallelujah, a psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever. Why is it that when men get hurt 
by women. It takes them longer to get through it. See, us women, we're going to cry. We're going to go through it. Some of us going to take a vacation from a man for at least a year or two. Then we're going to get ourselves together. We come back out. We snatched. We got our hair done. We moving on. Whatever. We got a new attitude. Or we just going to cry for a week and say, forget them. Let me move on. And we out and we ready for another relationship. Well, some men, not all, guard their hearts. Take a long time. Every woman, even though they out dating, they still don't trust a woman. Could that be post-traumatic? <laughs> it, it, it probably could be a, a type of post-traumatic, depending on all the issues. Because <laughs> I know some men that did not trust a woman for the longest, and every woman they ran into had an issue. This is the other thing that I have a problem with. Well, but that they, can be traumatic. But this is another thing I have a problem with. They say, some of you guys say, that you attract who you are. Yeah. Could that be true? So if I'm a bipolar woman, could I attract a bipolar man? That's a very good question. Um, Possibly, but I don't think that uh, necessarily... Um, that would be in all kind of instances, no. Okay. I mean, you do have instances where uh, two people they have that in common, mm -hmm. but then if you usually if you had two people that were uh, moderately uh, mentally ill, then there's going to be a lot of problems in the relationship usually, and they don't even understand why. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna leave on this note. We're gonna end it. But you know the song by Smokey Robinson, "The Tears of a Clown." Yeah. He was saying when no one's around, he crying because he'd be depressed because he broke up with the woman. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Well, I mean, that's a good song because well, he laughed and joked in front of other people. But it's like, hey, I messed up. I met, I, I lost that woman. I love well, her. One thing contrary to popular belief that a lot of men we love a lot deeper than really? we have to be. Uh, we have to be man, very manly and, and oh, a lot of times and we can't outwardly display our feelings of hurt and disappointment. But men, we, that's why it probably takes a man a little long because we actually do love deep. Wow. It is good that you say that because a lot of women don't know that. No. A lot no. of women don't know that sometimes you wish that the woman would come to you yeah. and do and say, hey, I like you. Can we come together? Can we get together? Yeah, yeah. You know, because they don't they don't like being rejected. No, men, uh, men uh, don't respond very well to rejection. I just remember it's just kind of funny you think in the young days when you're out going to the parties or the clubs and stuff and you ask a woman to dance and she says no. And that's that hurts because you got to take that lonely walk. You got to take that long walk <laughs> back to the other side. Say, damn, what are you thinking? Damn, she and her don't want to girlfriends all looking at you and everybody looking. And, uh, so, yeah, you got to walk all the way across the room by yourself with your, with your head down. Insane. Okay, thank you, Mr. Wilder, for talking to me. This has been really nice. You have given me a lot of insight on mental health and, like, well, on the end, like men and how they function. So I really appreciate you, Dr. Wilder, for joining me. And everyone, I hope this information can help you in any way. 
And I would like to thank each and every one of you for joining me. The next show will be Facebook Live and fun. But right now I'd like to say thank you everyone and for everyone to please be safe and also be fabulous. Thank you so much for everything.